Through the looking glass here, people. Well, Selma hated Egypt too. A camel spit on her. Oh yes, I've heard they can be difficult. Oh. That's right. It's Simpsons time, and uh, yeah, the Hill Street Blues. Gentle-ish music is appropriate for discussion of this rather gentle episode. Principal Charming, episode 27. Written by David M. Stern, directed by Mark Kirkland. Um, Homer has so many sitcom dad lines in this that make Homer... uh, a corny dad that it is uh, through the lens of time very adorable like when Selma goes out on her date with Barney he says take it to the hoop Selma (laughs) it's like what and also Homer is very much a good guy here he's not at all the main focus of the episode So it's not that distracting that he's a good guy, but he really is, he's, he's a do-gooder. Uh, the picture of him on the nightstand next to the car shaped like a giant bowling pin is definitely quintessential Homer, you know, like the, the backbone of what Homer is. But his zeroing in on all of the men in Springfield, Terminator style, is uncharacteristic of the Homer that we've come to know. He is really being nice. I guess later on in episodes like, uh, what is it called? Homer versus Patty and Selma when uh, he owes them money. We do see little glimmers of him tolerating Patty and Selma, but nothing like this. Here he's like actually being nice to them, uh, albeit because Marge asked him to, but still what else does he say when uh when they have to babysit uh and marge is like well next saturday night i'm not even sure my sisters uh you know i i think i'm not even sure my sisters will be available you know on the saturday night and he goes i'll take that bet Like, that's another total sitcom dad thing to say. And when he's, you know, just shooting the breeze with Principal Skinner, setting him up with Selma, that is another way. We can see that in evidence. This was a Valentine's Day episode. I've been thinking for a little while about Valentine's Day shows. Uh, Bart the Lover is the best one, but there are many, many really good ones besides that. And this is one. Uh, it's very early, season two, and we can really see the series enjoying its bounding creativity here 
as new characters get introduced um, at an almost exponential rate. This is the first speaking role of Mole Man um, when uh, he says driving is my livelihood and he has this whole confrontation at the DMV. Um, insofar as Mole Man is really ever confrontational. <laughs> Poor Mole Man. Um, it is also the introduction of Groundskeeper Willie. This is his first episode. Voiced by Dan Castellaneta and I believe given a Scottish accent just because everything else wasn't working. It was sort of out of desperation that he tried a Scottish accent. And then this weird, grotesque-looking Scotsman was drawn, uh, inspired by that voice. With the bushy eyebrows and all of this. But like Mole Man, he is very much formed, you know, into the character that he will become. Put upon by Skinner, uh, none too fond of any of the kids, and extremely rustic, and knowledgeable about how to reseed a field that has been decimated by uh, vandalism. First by Bart and then by Skinner himself. Um, all right. What happens in this one? Besides what I've already said. Patty and Selma need to babysit for the kids because Marge and Homer are going to Greasy Joe's Bottomless Barbecue Pit. Uh, the episode actually opens with Homer and Barney on the phone, which I also really love that they sort of gossip on the phone like schoolgirls about how great the barbecue joint is. Um, and, you know, Barney is like disgustingly lying on his couch with a bib on and his face coated in barbecue sauce and is like enraptured talking to Homer on the phone about how good it is. Um, and then after after they go there, Homer calls Barney up and he's like, Oh my god, I can't believe you're so right! It was like really good! I love that. Um, and this is maybe the first uh, sly reference to The Simpsons only having four fingers, too, when uh, Homer says, I have five words for you, Marge. Greasy Joe's bottomless barbecue. And then he pauses because he has to lift his other hand. Pit. Um, so, yeah, I think it might have, it might be the first time we see that. It's always so exciting when I talk about the early episodes and I can say this was the first time we saw this and that. Um, it sort of makes it easier to discuss these early ones. While being babysat by Selma, we learn that she is lonely. Uh, actually, we have seen that a little bit before because on the phone when Marge is asking her to babysit she has a flashback to uh, the guy 
whose wedding they're about to go to, a co-worker, uh, when she first met him, he was going to sit down next to her in the cafeteria at the DMV, but Patty shoved him away, and he instead sat next to the woman who became his wife. And that set the stage really, really well for this whole Selma is Lonely story, which, as you know, carried all the way through the series and persists today. Um, and I really love the scene where Lisa's being tucked in by Selma, and Selma's singing her Brandy by The Looking Glass, which is a very sad song. Even if you don't like it, you have to admit it's a sad song. And they have this little heart-to-heart -heart about, you know, Aunt Selma, will you ever find love? And uh, she's kind of like, I really don't think so. Um, in that exchange, Lisa says that Selma is 40 years old. I think it is. Uh, it was established in the beginning that Patty and Selma are 40 and Marge is 38 because Homer is 38. Although in the beginning Homer was 36, so maybe they were 40, Marge was 36. And then they crept up a little bit because I think now uh, Patty and Selma are at least 42. I think that they might be 43 uh, and Marge is 38, so. Um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty sad. Marge gets wind of this and asks Homer to set Selma up with a date. And as I was saying, Homer is very compliant and does this, you know, has the uh, Terminator lens in his head that we see from his point of view, all of the information about each man scrolling, including Carl with a K, uh, who is said to be too attractive. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> and I think as the series progressed, Carl was um, maybe slightly above Lenny in terms of attractiveness, but they're essentially the same, which is to say not that attractive. <laughs> um, so yeah, he searches and searches because he owes Marge a favor because of the giant bowling ball in the past. Uh, and he finally settles upon Principal Skinner when he's called into Principal Skinner's office to discipline Bart. Um, Bart having burned his name into the field with a grass-killing chemical that he learned about in school. Incidentally, I think Martin is not played by Rusi Taylor in this episode. I noticed that the voice sounded slightly different, and then at the end, there was no Rusi Taylor in the credits. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Pamela Hayden doing a very good Martin, um, saying, it's a powerful herbicide, it kills grass. Um, she was doing kind of all of the background kids talking as far as I can tell, uh, in this episode. And there was a lot of it because Bart was making a lot of mischief and Skinner was turning blind eye to it. So there was a lot of like, oh, Skinner's going to be so mad. Bart, sometimes you go f too far, da da da. And I think that might have all been done by Pamela Hayden and a little bit Nancy Cartwright, maybe. 
Look at me, the expert on The Simpsons who knows everything. Da da da. Uh. Skinner might be a homosexual, which uh, at the time, I think, was a pretty risque joke to say the word sexual and say homosexual uh, in a thinly veiled way that way on TV. I remember seeing it for the first time when I was a kid and really laughing at it, thinking that it was great. Um, and it was a big surprise and delightful surprise when Bart uh, pranks Mo with that particular name. Oh, that's another like great dad line of Homer's, don't look at me, <laughs> when they're all laughing over Mo's gaff of saying homosexual. He sets up uh, Skinner to come over to the house and meet Selma. He meets Patty instead and falls in love with her at first sight and totally ignores Selma. I love his... Yes, I've heard they can be difficult about the, you know, trying to make... Like, Marge is trying to make him make conversation with Selma. All he can think of is Patty. They go on all these dates, and at first, Patty is so, so not into him. She is still very much in the closet. Later on, she comes out as gay, uh, but in this, she's just sort of asexual. Um, you know, if she's gay, it's very, very um, not alluded to. It's maybe an inside joke among people who are fans of the show, and nothing more. But it's still no surprise because she's so, like, uh, closed and mean and joyless uh, in true both Patty and Selma fashion that she really does not dig Skinner <laughs> at first. She knows Taekwondo. She kicks his ass when he first asks her uh, for a kiss at the end of the date. But eventually... They go on better dates, and she starts to like him. And they do share one kiss at the end of one date that Selma, very, very bitterly jealous, views through the viewfinder, through the, um, into the hallway. When Skinner comes to for his first date to their depressing apartment, he is singing the Schoolhouse Rock, the uh, the Blossom Deary song. Two plus two is four. Four plus four is eight. Um, and I didn't really notice that until just this past time watching that. And I think it's just charming, uh, as is. Um, the use of the song Inchworm, Inchworm, Measuring the Marigolds as incidental music for the montage when Skinner is letting Bart do all these bad things because he wants to get in good with Patty. It's another thing that's happening during this. There is really no B story in this one. It's Skinner falling in love with Patty and Bart taking over the school as a result of that, because Skinner wants to be nice to him now. 
And of course, that doesn't last. Pat, Selma is extremely sad. Patty notices that she's sad. And so when Skinner does propose to her in the school bell tower, where we see, uh, you know, Vertigo references, references to the film Vertigo, um, she refuses him. And she says they can't see each other again. They break up. She says, good night, sweet principal, which is the second pun on principal that we have here, the other one being the episode title. And drives away, and he is very, very sad. And we see the human side of Skinner during this episode for the first time. And Patty and Selma are happy again because they are reunited. And she gets to be whisked away, Selma does, from her disastrous date with Barney, which is very funny. Um, I love Mo consoling Barney and saying, oh, time heals all wounds. And one second later, he goes, hey, what do you know? You're right. <laughs> There's also the Gone with the Wind shot when, uh, like, right after his heart is broken, Skinner realizes that he's been a fool to let Bart walk all over him. Sees the sign uh, where the movable letters have been arranged to spell Bart Simpson, owner and proprietor of the school. Proprietor misspelled. Uh, and we see him... His silhouette going, you know, as God is my witness, I will have you back again, Springfield Elementary. And that's when we end the episode with Bart reseeding the field, because uh, Willie won't do it anymore. Beautiful, very beautiful episode full of pathos and, uh, and humanity. Very human, lovely story. In my opinion, this uh, has been Simpsons time. Thank you for listening, as always, to my wonderful, uh, wonderfully long, at least, ramblings about the Simpsons during Simpsons time. Yay! <laughs>
a premium CD called Radio Bart, full of audio memes and such like. For people who pledge $75 or more to Simpsons time. So that's, uh, that's a piece of information that you can do with what you will. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.